Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode. You may have noticed by now that the podcast has changed. It's now known as Live with Rachel Melema. I decided to change the name for three main reasons. One being that I hope the podcast is just easier to find this way since there are a lot of podcasts with the word fearless in it. (laughs) And two being the connect group that I led before under the same name that inspired the idea of the podcast has now been wrapped up. And three, I was reflecting on the content that I come out with and I felt as though the word fearless didn't quite cover what I'm coming out with. I come out with more episodes that hopefully encourage people to live more fearlessly, sure, but I really thoroughly enjoy talking to the youth and talking to young adults about everything in life, not just about anxiety, worry, or strength. So it is my goal to point everyone to God and to what he says in the Bible in order that they live full lives in Christ, meaning that I hope this podcast encourages you to grow more closer to God, develop your relationship with him, and to help apply God's word to your everyday life. So that's why I feel like live is a more appropriate word to call this podcast. And this podcast, it's not about me. It's it's about you, the audience, and it's about God. And it's my passion to teach people about him and what the Bible says about things in everyday life, just like I said. So what I talk about in the podcast won't change. I still hope youth and young adults and everyone who listens to this podcast is encouraged by the episodes. It's just now called something different, something that I feel is more appropriate. Anyway, with that being said, let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is called, What Should I Look For in a Boyfriend or a Girlfriend? Now, I've said in previous episodes, and I'll say it again because I want to be very, very clear, the Bible doesn't actually specifically mention the kind of dating relationships that we have today, mostly because those relationships don't really, they they didn't really exist. Most of the relationships back then, when the Bible was written, they were just arranged marriages. But dating today is used in a way to determine if the guy or the girl would be good marriage partners. I know a lot of people actually just date without any intention altogether, and maybe they don't want to get married. But for the purposes of this episode, that's the stance I'm going to be coming from, dating with the intent of finding a marriage partner. So really, the first thing that we need to be asking ourselves is, would this person make a good spouse? Male or female, if you're a Christian, you should be looking for someone who is serious about God. And this is because in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says not to be yoked to an unbeliever. And if you don't know what a yoke is, it's a bar that ties two cows or two bulls together so that they can pull the plow behind them with less effort. They're, they're sharing the load. So basically, in the same way, if you marry an unbeliever and you're a Christian, it'll be harder to live an easy Christian lifestyle because you won't be encouraging each other in the faith. And I guess it's the same way in reverse as well. If you're an, if you're someone who isn't a Christian and you're listening to this episode, if you marry a Christian, uh, I think, yeah, it'll be great, you know, that Christians are lovely people. <laughs> but if you are really adamant, like, I don't want faith or, re- or their religion being pushed on me, which I can understand, um, you know, you, you probably won't be having a good time. You're going to be unsatisfied. They're going to be unsatisfied because they're not going to be encouraged in their faith. So overall, it's just very difficult to have a relationship when you don't share the same faith. And if you are a Christian, don't think that you can do the whole evangelism dating thing because that's just a recipe for disaster. Trust me. So moving on, let's just use some verses and principles in the Bible to first figure out what should a woman look for in a man that they might marry, and then later we'll swap. And before I start, I just want to quickly say that 
it's not just these traits. There are obviously many different traits out there to be looking for, but for the purposes of this podcast, I'm only going to be picking out a few. So number one, a Christian boyfriend should be humble and teachable. A guy should be able to be easily taught even when it's uncomfortable. You want someone who accepts the fact that he might be wrong sometimes and is humble enough to try and act and to do better next time and to know better next time. There is nothing worse than having to deal with an arrogant man. It is very, very frustrating. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 9 says, If you have good sense, instruction will help you to have an even better sense. And if you live right, education will help you to know even more. So a good Christian boyfriend should be willing to be corrected by the Bible and should love listening to the word in order that he might learn more from it. Because like I said before, no one, no one likes an arrogant man. Number two, honest and selfless. His actions should agree with his words. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28, be honest and work hard so you will have something to give to people in need. And also in Psalm chapter 15 verses 2 to 5, it says, only those who obey God and do as they should. They speak the truth and don't spread gossip. They treat others fairly and don't say cruel things. They hate worthless people, but show respect for all who worship the Lord. And they keep their promises, no matter what the cost. They lend their money without charging interest, and they don't take bribes to hurt the innocent. Those who do these things will always stand firm. So he should have integrity and should be able to keep his word. I won't read it out loud, but also Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 28, it says that husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies, just like Jesus loved the church, and that's us, we're the church body, and died for us. So a boyfriend should demonstrate being selfless in the same way, long before actually getting married. His intentions and behavior should be always in a loving way in every single circumstance. But on a more practical level, it would just be better if you had a discussion with the guy you'd like to date and to talk about intentions and expectations. Now, this could range from communication, what does dates look like, physical boundaries and expectations, and so on. And this is because the clearer that things are, the easier it is to navigate a relationship. It's, it's that simple. For example, during my dating relationship with my husband, we went through this booklet called 101 Questions to Ask Before You Get Engaged by H. Norman Wright, and it was very practical and very helpful. And I know a lot of people tease Christian relationships for acting so fast, like some people will be, uh, you know, dating and then engaged and married within a year. I think for me, my, my husband and I, we dated for about seven to eight months we got engaged on the 4th of July in 2019, and then we were married by the 24th of October, 2019. So to some people, that's acting pretty fast. But from my perspective, the longer the relationship is without actually committing to one, one another is you're opening the door for temptation. Now, obviously, if you're not a Christian, I guess this won't really apply to you. But if you are a Christian, one of the biggest pitfalls in relationships is the longer you're dating, the longer the window is for you both to give in to temptation and to perhaps sin, I guess. You know, sometimes you're just you're dating for so long and you just get frustrated that nothing's happening. And then you open the door to give in to 
having sex with with one another. You know, you can give in to that area that you were probably holding up for so long, you were waiting for so long uh, until marriage. But if the dating relationship is going for so long, you can probably start to feel really frustrated. So one thing that I really wanted to do in my relationship with my husband was we didn't want to allow room for overextended temptation in that area. We wanted to be intentional. We wanted to be purposeful and we wanted the window, uh, to be a lot smaller, which is why we, we dated with purpose and intention by going through these dating and marriage books together. We were intentional with asking each other questions about a possible future together and a marriage together. And yeah, so we just, we wanted to know if, you know, are you the person for me? Are you the right person that I want to spend the rest of my life with? Because if you're not, I'm going to stop wasting my time. I'm going to stop wasting your time and I'm going to move on. So again, I understand why people tease a lot of Christian relationships for moving so fast, but it's because people who do that, they are acting with intention. So let's get into some sample questions of the book that we both went through. The 101 questions to ask before you get engaged. Describe how you would handle stress and frustration. What creates the greatest stress and frustration in your life? How much do you value personal time, time to reflect, time to study or recreate? Or if I could talk to your parents, what would they say I needed to know about you? Those are just some sample questions. Some more broader, more practical questions might be, do you even want to get married? Do you even want to have kids? If you do want to have kids, how many kids do you want? Where do you see yourself living in five years? Things like that. Number three, a provider and protector. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight says, if anyone does not provide for his own family, especially for his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now I know this verse says him and his, but I think we know in today's society, the man isn't always the primary provider of the household. Sometimes it's the woman who has the highest paying job. However, this doesn't always mean just money. A husband takes responsibility for the welfare of his wife and kids. It's very difficult to respect a guy who doesn't provide for his family. And if the wife doesn't respect her husband, then that's just asking for problems in marriage. A woman's respect for her husband and a man's love for his wife are dependent upon each other and are necessary for a happy marriage. So in the dating stage, a boyfriend should always look out and care for his girlfriend and carry the same passion for protecting her when they go into the marriage. This is super important because at the root of it, the girl needs to know that she can trust her guy and the trust needs to be non-negotiable. Okay, so now let's move on to what should you look for in a Christian girlfriend? Again, she must possess the qualities of someone that you would want in a future wife. A girlfriend or a boyfriend, it's not for right now. It's someone that you would hopefully want to consider spending the rest of your life with that person. And if you can't picture yourself spending the rest of your life with this person, then I think the most honorable thing you can do is stop wasting each other's time and move on. Trait number one, humble and teachable. In the same way the guy is supposed to be humble and teachable, the girl is also supposed to be. She should have a teachable spirit and isn't full of pride or unwilling to admit she's wrong. But you don't want someone who's also a pushover. And I think that's where the disconnect can sometimes happen. A lot of people might think that the the girl in the relationship has to be a pushover. But biblical submission doesn't mean that she should listen and do everything that the guy says. 
Now, submission or submit, it's not a bad word. Submission in itself isn't a reflection of the woman being worth less because Jesus always submitted to the Father's will without having to give up a single ounce of his worth. So a woman who submits to her husband submits because she loves Jesus. Submission should always be the response of a loving leadership. When a woman is loved by her husband as the church is loved by Jesus, then submission isn't hard. Submission is a position of giving honor and respect to the husband and completing or complementing what he is lacking in. In the same way, the guy should complete and complement what she is lacking in. So men and women, just at the core of it, should complement each other and they shouldn't be prideful about it. Number two, courage and strength. Now, for those who know me, you might hear that word and kind of laugh because I used to have really severe anxiety and I can still sometimes overthink from time to time. But what I mean by this is the quality of being able to do hard things because having courage, it's not about having no fears and just avoiding difficult situations. What I mean by courage in this context is the woman should be able to face many decisions the two of you will make in life with dignity and grace. For example, she might get upset or emotional, raise her voice, or even challenge you at some times. But at the end of it, she should be the type of woman who is able to take a step back, have a breath, and then holds your hand and then move forward in the hard decision or tough situation that you're going to make together. Number three, kind and compassionate. In this day and age, a lot of people are angry and are looking to be cruel and tear others down in some way. It's, it's, very, it's a very tense time right now. And not just women, of, of course, but everyone should just be unashamed when it comes to being kind to someone. We shouldn't just be kind to the popular and the lovable, but we should be kind to the unlovely in the world and the people that others may avoid or even reject sometimes. Specifically, you want to find a woman who will be able to help you and not hinder you. She should be encouraging you, meaning that she should lift you up and give you confidence and serves others well. So now that we've looked at some good qualities in a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and obviously these these traits can be interchangeable. It's not strictly for the boyfriend or the girlfriend. Anyway, let's look out for some negative qualities now. What can we... What do we need to see as a red flag when choosing someone who we should date? Now, these qualities, bear in mind, they can either apply to you or the person that you're dating, so apply them as you need to. So number one, you're questioning their feelings. If you find yourself asking, do you really like me? Are you sure you really like me? Do you love me a lot? Then you probably have a low self-esteem, which will be very destructive in a relationship, and it might be beneficial to talk to a professional about how you see yourself first before you start dating people. Number two, you argue all the time. If in your relationship you argue a lot, then marriage will only amplify it. Number three, you want to live together before you get married. A lot of people do this because they think it's a good way of getting to know a person before marrying them, but it's actually really unwise. If two people are living together before they get married, it opens up the temptation even more to sleep together. And the Bible makes it pretty clear that sex outside of marriage isn't a good thing. In fact, it's actually a sin. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 says to have respect for marriage and this is a whole separate issue that has been addressed in other episodes if you would like to hear more. Number four, you want to marry just to have sex. Don't do this. (laughs) Just really, just don't do this. Physical intimacy isn't the only thing that keeps a marriage together. You need emotional, social, spiritual, intellectual and recreational intimacy also. Number five, you can't spend a whole day with them. If you can't spend a whole day with your partner just hanging out and talking, then I'm sorry, but why are you together? Six, 
You haven't healed from your last relationship. Now, this one is self-explanatory. You're just not ready to date yet, and that's okay, so don't push it. Last one. You or your partner has an addiction. Dating is not a recovery program, and you're not their therapist, and promises to get better or do better shouldn't be the basis for a relationship or even a marriage. Another thing I would say lastly, this isn't part of the list, but... Don't talk yourself into dating someone. Don't date someone because you can see what that person can become. If you have heard my episode, Healing from Heartbreak, then you would know that I had a failed engagement and I had that mindset that my ex would get better, but he just didn't. Think about some of these example scenarios. Maybe he's not what you're looking for spiritually, but you think God could really do wonders in him. Or perhaps your partner has emotional outbursts a little bit too often for you, but you think, I'll be able to help him get a handle on that anger and depression eventually. You could never reshape someone like that. That's God's job. So if you find yourself in these situations when it comes to dating, just just give it to God and move on. The bottom line should be this. If you both have God at the center of your dating relationship and the center of your own personal lives, if you're matched in the more practical areas, you have similar temperaments, similar energy levels, and some shared life goals and interests, then you should just be fine. It's not really rocket science. And even more of a summary of that, it would just be just pray about it. Always seek God's wisdom and for his guidance and you'll be fine. He has a good plan and when you trust in him for everything, it will all come together for good. Even the bad things, they'll all come together for good. Some really good places to look in the Bible for like more traits and more characteristics of what a desirable partner would look like. Uh, Check out Proverbs chapter 31, Ephesians chapter 5, or even 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Anyway, that's all I have time for in today's episode. It was a little bit all over the place, I feel like when I'm recording this. So I hope it comes out okay. (laughs) But I really hope you enjoyed it and I really hope it gave you more clarity and what to look for and what to avoid when you're looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Yeah, I really hope you have a really great week and I'll see you next time. Bye!